welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. Well, Not Ashamed, that is our series that we're in, and it's going through 2 Timothy, this young minister in the midst of struggle and pressure and his mentor imprisoned, writing to him, trying to encourage him. Um, There's great confusion in the life of Timothy and the life of the church, which he leads, this gathering of people. There is another gospel being taught by a couple other individuals, and Timothy's struggling because people are starting to follow them. What does it mean? Paul, you're in prison. What do I do with that? So not ashamed. And so week one, we talked about rekindle the gift. That was Paul's message. Remember the faith you've been given? Rekindle that fire. And then last week was present yourself to God. No one else. Present yourself to God. Stay true to the good news. The good news that Jesus is God's ruler, raised from the dead, a descendant of David. Thanks be to God. Today, Timothy encouraged us to turn to the history of our faith found in Scripture and to stay true to the instruction for salvation by faith in Jesus Christ found within. So let's just get right to the passage. But as for you... Continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message, be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable, convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience in teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you, always be sober, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, carry out your ministry fully. The word of God in Scripture the word of God among us, the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Yeah, you may have heard this passage before. I think sometimes we, uh, we focus on one line from the whole passage, like it's, uh, it's one tree taller than the rest of the forest. When it's not, it's in the midst of the forest, the whole message here. So let me do a side note on Scripture because there's nothing controversial when you talk about Scripture itself. Amen? Raise your hand if you've ever read Scripture. Keep your hand raised if you probably have a different way you approach Scripture than anyone else in the room. Don't put your hand down. Don't put your hand down. We all approach Scripture differently. We do. And this is Wesleyan, right? We have our reason, our experience, our tradition, and our it helps us understand our Scripture. And we've all had different experiences. We all reason differently. Um, doesn't mean we just have freelance, right? It's, it's a foundation of Scripture, but we all approach it differently. 
Paul sees, he says, the sacred writings, which he's referring to the Hebrew scriptures, those were the sacred writings that Timothy would have had, they are perfectly able to instruct Timothy for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. That was the line from scripture. So pay attention to how he phrases it. Scripture instructs, but it's faith in Jesus Christ that brings salvation. There's a difference. Salvation comes through faith in Jesus Christ, not through Scripture itself, but Scripture is what instructs us to understand and have faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? So I want to share about Scripture a bit because I have a deep love of Scripture. And it honestly started when I started studying it through different lenses that I'd never been, I never knew were available before. Studying it less magically and more real and humanly. And I found so much more beauty and joy and life when I was able to study it in these ways, which became an obsession. And, and that's why I'm standing here today, because before my first New Testament course, I had no interest in standing and teaching or preaching or leading and pastoring, but God had a different plan and I had a love I didn't know. So I'm sharing that as we talk about scripture. When we lift up one tree above the rest, it's, it can cause us to miss the point. So Paul goes on to say, every scripture inspired by God is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Again, Paul is referring to the only scripture they had, the Hebrew scriptures. So let's break this down. Every scripture is inspired by God. Let's start there. We'd all agree with this statement, yes? It doesn't say that every scripture was written by God, but it was inspired by God. A word choice was made here. But what's the difference? What's the difference? Inspired can also be written God-breathed. I mean, that is another way you can translate that word, and it means exactly the same thing as inspired. Take a breath. You are participating participating in inspiration of oxygen and nitrogen. You're breathing. Now, we don't want to think of inspired in this passage as the same thing when we say that somebody inspires us, maybe a writer, maybe an athlete, maybe a leader. They inspire us. They captivate us. We, we get caught up. That's not exactly what inspiration is talking about. That's not God-breathed. We don't want to think of inspiration like ancient poets would, when they would say that a genius, some separate spirit and being, would give them the words, give them a song, give them a painting, and they received it, it didn't come from them. That's not what Paul's talking about, an inspiration. I've heard people talk about the Bible like that, like God was holding the pen. But that's not how the biblical writers understood inspiration. Some have used this one line to say the Bible is inerrant. Inerrant means incapable of being wrong. Being of Wesleyan tradition, we don't fight the fight of inerrancy, but we do uplift the infallibility that Wesley gave us. And that was to say that the Bible gives us everything we need for salvation. Listen to Paul's thing again. It is the sacred writings instruct us for faith in Jesus Christ. We can agree with this. This is this God-breathedness. This is where we get our idea that the Bible is the living word. It's alive. It breathes. It has breath. There is life to the Bible. When we read it, it offers us life. Have you experienced this? I hope so. And some say we don't just read it, it reads us. And some of you who study it deeply, you understand what I'm referencing. 
We breathe together with scripture. There's a give and take. We share breath. There's a young man years ago named A.J. Jacobs, an author who decided to approach a popular notion and live the Bible literally for one whole year. And his book's called Living Biblically. He stopped cutting the hair on his temples. He bought clothing that wasn't of mixed thread. He only ate by what the dietary laws instructed. And he looked a little different, living biblically. His experience changed his approach because as he was reading and getting to know it to live more biblically, he says this. He says, studying the Bible is not like studying sumo wrestling in Japan. It's more like wrestling itself. The, this opponent of mine is sometimes beautiful, sometimes cruel, sometimes ancient, sometimes crazily relevant. I can't get a handle on it. I'm outmatched. I love that. Yeah, Marilyn does too. He began to read it in community, and he discovered that it was reading in community that truly began to connect him to what the whole point of it was. Reading in community started changing the way he understood his community and understood God through them. And he understood that that was the point, to read it together. And he goes on, he says, it is so true that it will read you. Do not just read it alone. You are outmatched. He says, as we read it, we discover that a Above all, we're outmatched by God's love and grace, that that's what you find in Scripture. This God who has given us the word, has given us through the pages, through his son, that we might know eternal life. An Anglican bishop put it this way. The word of God refers to the logic or the way of God, right? The Greek word for word is logos, logos, same word we get for logic. So how God thinks what God's about, the way of God, the word. While Jesus is the word made flesh, the logic and way of God embodied. The scriptures are the logic and way of God as revealed to the writers. The people encountered God and discovered new understandings, told those stories until they were eventually written down and then crafted through a process which gives us our beautiful book, which we all cherish today. Everything we need is in scripture, this Anglican bishop says, but God still has more to say. I like that too. I'm outmatched by the Bible and all of the love and grace it reveals, and I have come to see that God still has much to say. Confronting the Bible with questions about inerrancy or did God write it or is it capable of being wrong, it's like standing in front of a tidal wave trying to catch it in a teaspoon. It's too small. It's trying to put the living word in a human-constructed box. It's trying to gain some sort of control over it or over those who read it. But friends, we are outmatched, amen? That's good news. The Bible's a source of instruction, Paul says, and it has life. But salvation comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Being of the Wesleyan tradition, what's John Wesley have to say? I'm so glad you asked. Wesley contributes saying this, the Holy Scripture containeth all things necessary to salvation so that whatsoever is read therein, nor may be proved thereby, is not to be required of any person that it should be believed as an article of faith or thought requisite or necessary to salvation. So like Paul, John was writing in a particular context, the temptation was to make doctrine as important as scripture. He was in amidst a crowd of Calvinists and other groups. So he was writing in response, people trying to add things to it. He's saying, no, scripture has everything we need. 
Scripture has everything we need. That doesn't mean there isn't more that can help us, but we don't need anything else other than what we find in Scripture. What Paul is trying to convey to Timothy is this very idea and a reminder of Scripture. So I'm, I'm done with my aside. Now we can get on with the sermon. Another gospel is being presented to the church in Timothy's life, and people are starting to lean and, and, and go away from what they've been taught. Paul's reminding Timothy of what we come to know through a variety of sources and people in our Scripture because we have people, we have life, the Holy Spirit, our scripture that always remind us of the truth. He says this, remember Timothy, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture inspired by God is useful for teaching for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. I hope the trees are all level and you, you see the forest of Paul's message here. Hopefully we can enjoy the beauty of this incredible passage. It's, it's wonderful. And praise God that we've gone beyond reading it literally so that we can include our Christian scriptures under the banner of all scripture. Amen? Paul encourages Timothy now grounded in the faith of what he's come to know, what he's firmly believed, and he says, proclaim the message. Proclaim it. Convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience and teaching. He says, people will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. It's a good thing that none of us ever do that. Amen? Every generation does. We all wander. We all have itching ears. We can point to books or leaders from every generation who crafted a story that was a little different than what the Bible had. Maybe included all of that, but included more. We know that there are people who know what to say. They know what we want to hear, and they're more than happy to say it to get you to do what it is they want you to do. Follow them, buy their book, cast your vote, we all have itching ears, don't we? Raise your hand if you have itching ears. Of course we do, unless you're perfected already. Anybody here perfected? Then we can be assured that the old age still resides, takes up residence in us, in our ears. We all battle itching ears. We all wander away to what it is we want to believe. And if you think you don't, I think you might be in the most danger of us all. So the question is, how do we stay on the path? How do we keep from wandering? How do we not just scratch our ears? Paul would say, like John Wesley, everything you need is where? In Scripture. To instruct us for faith in Jesus Christ, because that is the source of our salvation. A.J. Jacobs would agree with Paul and John that we need to read it. We need to read it, friends. I don't care which translation. Read it. Read it together. And then convince and rebuke and encourage each other with the utmost patience. Please don't forget that last part. We have a collection of 66 books at our disposal that reminds us of who we are and whose we are. The scripture reminds us this by telling us stories of thousands of wanderers. 
The original human beings, they wandered, didn't they, almost right away. Their sons wandered. Noah and his family, they wandered. Abraham, Isaac, Sarah, Rebecca, Jacob, Moses, Aaron, David, Solomon, Zechariah, Peter, the woman at the well, the disciples, Paul, Timothy, they all wandered, didn't they? They all got off the path, like Timothy's church is doing, like we do. Wandering does not disqualify you from a life of connection, love, and grace from God. God didn't see the wandering in them. God saw the potential, which is why we have their story. Imagine if God just gave up on them the way we sometimes give up on each other when we wander. Paul encourages Timothy, don't don't give up. Follow suit with God. Keep teaching, keep reading, keep instructing, keep convincing, keep rebuking, keep encouraging with the utmost patience. Because it's always been patience which God has had with us. Amen? I know God has had great patience with me. Good Lord, I could tell you all about that. I could name a hundred people who have had patience with me. Some of you are in this room having patience with me right now. Amen? I thank God for those who didn't look at me and see the wanderer. They didn't focus on that. Oh, they kept convincing and rebuking and encouraging, but with patience. They saw the potential, like God sees in you. You wonderful wanderer, you. God sees the potential. I see potential in you. Because this is the only response you can have when you realize the grace you've received. Amen? As revealed through Scripture and faith in Jesus Christ, God is actively at work in our lives. We believe this. God has always been actively at work. The Spirit has been given to all graciously. Amen? Jesus Christ was given graciously to all, for all. Praise God for God's grace. The work of God in the lives of people has been embraced, celebrated, documented, and passed down through our Scripture and also through our witness. So my friends, go and share your witness. Share your wandering. People will get way more from your wandering stories than they will from your path stories. Read scripture together in community. Because all necessary instruction for salvation, for faith in Jesus Christ is found there. So let us tune our wandering selves and our itching ears to the community to which we've been given in grace, to whom we have committed ourselves and baptism and membership with whom we have committed ourselves to one another. Look around the room. There's some beautiful grace in the room. Grounded each other. Admire the beauty of God's grace seen in the face of all those around you. Let us commit to each other to convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience. As we continue to walk and wander together on this beautiful life of faith. Amen. Amen. We thank you for joining us today, and it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com. 